Hello and welcome to History for Weirdos. We're your hosts, Andrew and Stephanie. And each week, we're going to take you on a journey into the strange, obscure, and relentlessly entertaining corners of human history. Now listen up, friends, because it's about to get weird. Welcome back, weirdos. Episode number 28. Already. Episode 28. Already. I know. It feels like it was just yesterday that we kind of started this whole thing again. I know. Yeah. And it's gone by really quickly. I hope you guys had, by the way, a great Thanksgiving. I know we did. I ate way too much at your parents' place. Yes. I hope everyone had a good holiday with lots of food and that you spent it with people that you enjoy. Or at least tolerate. At the very least. That's <laughs> yeah. the goal for all of us. Yeah, hopefully uh, not too many weird uncles making like random political comments. Oh my god. Luckily we didn't really have that. No. No, we just watched South Park um, <laughs> yeah. afterwards, which is, I feel like, very thanksgiving E. Definitely the holiday spirit. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, you know what? Let's just jump right into it this week, yeah? Yes, of course. Okay, well, Steph, what do you have for us? This week... I have a really interesting person that we're going to cover. Nice, nice. um, With varying accounts of this person's life and their treacherous, allegedly treacherous deeds. Oh. Yeah. I'm intrigued. Good. Okay, Andrew. Imagine a single person. Okay. one, One human being living between the 16th and 17th centuries being solely responsible for the torture and murder of 600 young women. Okay. This is like worse than Jack the Ripper then. And this is before, hundreds of years before. Hundreds of years before. How, just out of curiosity, there's like no right or wrong, obviously. Yeah. How do you imagine this person to be? What do you think of when you, I say like a 16th, cent, 16th to 17th century person okay. that's responsible for the torture and murder of 600 women okay so like late 1500s early 1600s um i picture you know what remember that that like that uh, artificial intelligence composite that i showed you earlier of like a bunch of serial killers morphed into one yeah i picture that but with like you know like kind of like a so that's like, a male yeah male like white male like top hat thing that's yeah, like wearing a top like hat. a pilgrim hat <laughs> <laughs> and like he has and he has like a beard and he looks really douchey and like dead eyes yeah that's yeah the, that's what i picture so kind of like um a 16th century ted bundy with yeah late 16th century yeah early 17th century yeah with a hat though yeah with a hat okay and he he has like a smile but there's like nothing behind the eyes american very american psycho lovely i love that i think that's accurate of what most of us would think of when we think of someone who's committed such atrocities but it isn't this well can you believe that this alleged mass murderer was a hungarian noblewoman Oh, wow. Okay, that was way off base here. Middle-aged Hungarian noblewoman. Okay, I have never even heard of this before. This is really interesting. Really? I was. I thought you were going to guess who it was. No, so my I've next n- thing that I wrote no was, idea. that's right, Andrew. This is the story of Elizabeth Bathroy. Bath, okay. I've, Bathory. You know, I didn't look up how to pronounce her name, so I'm sorry, everyone. Um, and you she, are Hungarian. How dare you? I'm going to get to that. Yeah. Okay. She is also known as the Vampire Countess, the Blood Countess, and Countess Dracula. Oh my goodness. 
Yeah, but before I proceed, as I said, these are alleged, uh, so we'll get to that later, but I encourage all of our listeners to maintain a healthy dose of skepticism, Mm -hmm. um, because in this tale, fact and fiction appear to be quite intertwined. Oh, nice. So the question for this episode is, was this Hungarian countess the world's most prolific serial killer? Dun, dun, dun! Oh my god, we did this at the same time. <laughs> yeah, we need to hang out with other people. Um, <laughs> I know, guys, I go into an office. Like, I sh- <laughs> that's, your, that's your social <laughs> flex? It really is. That's my social flex. Yeah, I go into an office five days a week. Oh, yeah, I yeah. hang out with people. And yet you're still very strange, so it's not doing much for you. It really isn't. I know. So okay. let me get into Elizabeth's backstory. Um, and I want to point out some fun facts. Okay. And that is... One is what you already mentioned. I am ethnically Hungarian. I'm of Hungarian descent. Um, just quite a mix. My mom's from Mexico. In Latin America, we tend to be like very mixed as well. But my dad's side is primarily Irish and Hungarian. My last name is Hungarian. Um, and my great-great-grandparents immigrated to New York from Hungary. Mm. That being said, folks... I do not know any Hungarian. (laughs) And I will therefore butcher every single name in this episode. I look at them and I'm like, how the heck would I even try to say that? I know. They they have a weird language, right? It's very unique. I think I read once that linguistically it has no sister, you know, relative languages. Is it a non-Indo-European language? I, I think so. I think the origins of it are very unknown. Whoa. Um, it's very unique. I think it sounds very beautiful. And my grandpa knew Hungarian growing up, but his mom encouraged him to stop speaking it because this was, you know, for so many of us up until recently, there was this really limited idea of what it meant to be American. Right. And what it meant to assimilate. Um, and so he lost his Hungarian. He remembers like a few words and things like that, but he wishes he had kept it up. So I didn't learn any. Um, But something that I did actually know, which is kind of a fun fact, is that in Hungary, the familial name Mm -hmm. comes first. And then your given name comes second. Kind of like in like a lot of like Asian cultures. Yeah. So for example, Elizabeth Bathroyk. Yeah, I don't know if I'm saying her name right, guys. (laughs) Okay, good enough. In Hungary, she would be known as Bathroy Elizabeth. Or what I found was the Hungarian version of Elizabeth is Mm -hmm. actually... Elizabeth. I'm so screwed this episode. (laughs) (laughs) This is like, you wrote it. (laughs) This this is rough. I'm going to call her Elizabeth, guys, because... I think that's fine. Oh my gosh, if there are any Hungarian listeners or uh, speakers of Hungarian listening, I deeply apologize, and please feel free to email me. Yeah, please email us if you have, like, yeah, corrections. Like, this is how it's pronounced. Send me a voice note or spell it phonetically. Yeah, seriously. Okay, so enough sidebarring. Okay. Enough about me. I just had to share a little bit about me and my family. Right, right. We'll get back to Elizabeth. So she was born into a prominent Protestant Hungarian family that controlled Transylvania. Oh my god, I was going to ask, is she related to Vlad the Impaler? Yes, actually, the Bathroys were rumored to be related to that very infamous person, Vlad the Impaler. But again, like... And it makes sense Mm -hmm. because of the location, but um, there's so much that was, so so much of what we think we know about Elizabeth 
were the rumors that were kind of added on after her death. Yeah. So she became more and more kind of, I don't know, grandiose, more of a, a character or a, a monster oh, wow. after her death. So I think it's possible. Yeah. Um, but I don't know for certain. Right. So her uncle was Stefan Bathroy. I am named after a Hungarian Stefan. Stephanie, do you get it? Okay, I'm gonna like, I have to just be really wary of you, I guess, from now on. <laughs> There's too many coincidences at like, and I don't know anything so far. There's no coincidences. I'm Stefan just... Hungarian, that's enough for me. <laughs> I'm just really good about talking about myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> he was king of Poland. No biggie. That's what I wrote. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> he actually beat out the Habsburg candidate for king of poland i don't know how it worked you know how at some point all of the royals were just cousins yeah i guess like another cousin was gonna that was a Habsburg and was catholic was Mm -hmm. like i want to be king of poland and i guess stefan was like no i want to be king of poland and he won it's a tough gig to be king of poland oh god yeah i wouldn't want it but yeah the Habsburgs come in later as well um so Elizabeth Bathroy was born August 7th, I think she's a Leo, 1560 in, all right, Nierbator, Hungary. Oh boy. Oh, can you try to say that? Look okay. Nierbator. Yeah, Nierbator. Yeah, Nierbator. Nierbator, Hungary. And she was raised in Castle Exed. Son of a nutcracker. Yeah, this is tough. As a child, um... Bathory actually suffered multiple seizures that may have been caused by epilepsy. Mm. But at the time, um, symptoms related to relating to epilepsy were diagnosed as the falling sickness. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why that's funny. It's just so like on the nose. Yes, yeah, like, well, you fall. I guess, yeah. The falling sickness and treatments included rubbing blood of a non-sufferer of the falling oh. sickness onto the lips of a person with epilepsy or giving giving the patient a mix of non-sufferer's blood and a piece of their their skull. I don't know what they did with it, but Oh my god. This is some weird stuff. Yeah. Kinky. What? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just want to see your reaction. <laughs> I think your grandma listens to this, sir. <laughs> oh no. I would mind your manners. So so yeah, they think it's possible that I don't know if the seizures ended in childhood, which sometimes happens mm-hmm. that I've heard of. Um, if it was epilepsy, they're, at this time period, they really had limited information, right. obviously, as to what it was, and they were treating it with blood, which doesn't help. Um, and at the age of 11, she was already considered to be very beautiful. I don't know why we're talking about oh 11 my year God. olds that yeah. God, Man, this freaks back then. But it was a record that she was pretty. And she was very well educated, of course. Um, and so at 11, she became engaged to Count Frenick Nad Asdi. <laughs> like, how, how? Nad Asdi. Nad Asdi. Frenick Nad Asdi. A member of another prominent Hungarian family. Oh, you just, I just met, oh, I just realized, yeah, you said 11. At 11, they became engaged. Oh. I think he's a man at this point. Um, Jeez. Some accounts of her life include her actually giving birth to an illegitimate child fathered by another man before her marriage when she was only 13. Oh my god. Yeah. Allegedly, her baby was given away to a local woman 
in the in the nearby town that right. her family trusted with the secret. This claim hasn't been proven, but it is a pretty well-documented rumor, mm-hmm. um, which I'm thinking of a very watched-over 13-year-old girl is probably not having, like, 13, she's probably not having, like, a romance affair. I would assume that that's an adult. Forcing herself, yeah, her, himself, I mean, on her, yeah. Yeah. 100%. And, but, of course, this really, this kind of permanently negatively shapes her reputation, mm. which is important to keep in mind. Right, because, you know, 13-year-old. Totally yeah. her fault. Totally her fault. What an idiot. But nevertheless, despite this um, this rumor, in seventeen in fifteen, excuse me, fifteen seventy five, when Bathroy is fifteen, she is married to Count Frenick, and as a wedding gift, the groom's family gave the couple their very own castle. Wow! Yay. Thanks, parents. You didn't get. You didn't guys didn't give us a castle. Neither of our parents gave us a castle. You guys. Wow, that's ugh. zero stars for our parents. <laughs> Um, and then between 1585 and 1595, I read different accounts saying that she had four, five, and even eight children with her husband. Wow. Okay. Um, from what I could tell, it sounds like four lived to adulthood. Gotcha. Because there's subsequent historical records of these four children. They married important people and went on to do important things. Um, so it's possible that she had eight, but like four of them died or she had five, but one died. So she had a lot of kids, but only four lived to adulthood. Okay, yeah. In 1578, oh, nasty. <laughs> that sounds her, like a bad like word. You're I know. like, you know, that's nasty. Yeah, that's nasty. Maybe just call him nasty. <laughs> Count nasty. Count nasty. <laughs> no. I like that this episode. I know. Uh, Elizabeth's husband became the chief commander of Hungarian troops leading them in the war against the Ottomans. Of course. Of course. Um, So with her husband away at war, Bathroy herself managed business affairs of the estates, which was a big deal because um, there was a a very constant threat of attack on their castle. Their local village had actually been previously plundered by the Ottomans. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was like a big deal that she was managing all of the affairs right like the issues with the tenants the making sure that they're well guarded and that everyone has enough food and supplies that was all on her right um and then i found on wikipedia specifically this was the only place i found it which is why i mentioned that that during this time she was known to quote intervene on behalf of quote destitute women so women who had been raped women who had lost husbands women who were very unprotected in the town Mm. she was known to um take care of them to intercede on their behalf interesting to look out for them sounds like the makings of like a folktale you know yeah definitely um which is weird when you consider what i told you at the beginning that she is later considered one of the great like most prolific serial killers of women or serial killers period but her oh. victims were women mm. so her husband frenick count nasty died <laughs> on january 4th 1604 at the age of 48 really young oh that's yeah that's really young although the exact nature of his illness um which led to his death is unknown it seems to have started years prior um, with 
he just start he was complaining of like debilitating pain in his legs and Interesting. that they think that's eventually what killed him um and before dying frenick yeah entrusted his heirs and his widow to a son of a georgi thurzo georgi thurzo that georgi, sounds good yeah georgi thurzo who would eventually lead the investigation against against Elizabeth in her crimes. Dun dun dun. Oh, like her later crimes. Her like her crimes in general. Oh snap! So Frenick is like, "Hey, dude, you're like one of my best friends. Yeah, I'm. I'm like clearly dying. Take care of my kids and take care of my wife. Yeah, and yeah. And he's like, "Of course." And then he leads. And invest this witch hunt against her. Essentially. Oh, I see, I see. Not chill, dude. That's, I'd say it's not chill unless she did do bad stuff. Then, mm-hmm. you know, say la vie, right? Yeah, you will. You will tell me your thoughts at the end. Okay, I will. So it was after her husband's death that rumblings okay. of her cruelty began to slowly surface. Apparently, one there was one rumor that had floated around pretty shortly after her husband died that she had slain a peasant woman. <laughs> this was well known but ignored people didn't really seem to care because <laughs> she was a peasant you know yeah that, that's exactly what i think it is because then in 1609 there were some accusations that she had killed some again this was an undisclosed amount of noble women or she had harmed some noble women oh. and this attracted attention in a subsequent investigation um, I should also mention that her husband's homie, Georgie Thurzo, yeah. was her cousin, was Elizabeth's oh, cousin. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So her cousin, Georgie Thurzo, is <laughs> Count Palatine of oh. Hungary. I know. Um, he was ordered by King Matthias of Hungary to investigate to see if oh, these wow. rumors about Elizabeth were true. Oh, that's a okay, that's a big deal if the yeah. king himself is doing is ordering Imagine this. how alive those rumors must have been for it to even reach the king's ears. Exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. But I guess that is pretty scandalous to even think about like a noble middle-aged woman at this point killing people like for what? You know? Just for shits and giggles? Yeah, it's pretty scandalous <laughs> yeah. to think about. So the Count uh, Count Thurzo, Count Palatine, whatever, he determined, <laughs> <laughs> whoever he was, after taking depositions from people living in the area surrounding her estate, he determined mm-hmm. that Bathroy had tortured and killed some 600... What? Young, 600 young women with the assistance of her servants. Her servants are in on it. Because that's a lot of people. You need to delegate. How do you even have time for that? De- really good delegation. Delegate. She's like... She's good time management. <laughs> she delegates. She knows how to build an empire of murder. Hey, you got to do what you got to do, I guess. <laughs> that's what he's arguing. That this woman, in like a few years' time, was just killing 600 you have people. to be really just like on a roll. You have to like have a good like system, like the <laughs> supply chain going on. <laughs> you know, right now it'd be tough because the supply chain you know issues worldwide. Exactly, but not then. But not then. <laughs> <laughs> so, on December 29th in 1610, a garrison of soldiers storm into her castle, into her estate. Oh, damn! And they accused her of a ton of messed up evil deeds. Right. Right. 
um, Bathroy and her servants slash, slash alleged accomplices were immediately arrested. And according to the accusing side, these soldiers say that they caught her in the act of burying a fresh corpse while she was drenched in blood with one of her servants beaten and cowering in the corner. I have no words. Doesn't that sound like too it, damning? It's it sounds like it's yeah, it, it it really does, honestly. Like not just like wow, we we found her like weirdly in her garden burying something that's just kind of odd. It was like she was drenched in blood. Yeah. <laughs> with a corpse in her hand. It sounds like they tried too hard. Yes, that's what I think as well. So according to various records, the estimate the the body count, I guess, of her victims varies a lot because the low end of the estimate is that she just murdered only about 30-something people. Only, right? D- same. <laughs> yeah, that's still so that's insane. A lot. That's yeah. so disgusting to think about. Whereas the high end claims 650 victims, all women. That's the thing that was surprising to me. Like, when you said earlier, like, that she helped women, I assumed that she murdered men. Yeah. But. Yeah, you would think, right? Right. That's so, that's such a good point that, like, while her husband was alive, there was this account, at least according to Wikipedia, (laughs) that she helped women. Right. And then he dies, and all of a sudden there's these rumors that she kills them. Very strange. I agree. Um, so some of the accusations in the surviving testimonies that we still have are really gross, you know, really just icky, awful, pretty graphic. Yeah. So you can like skip like 15 seconds or 30 seconds or whatever if you're very squeamish, but I will be sharing some of the accusations. Okay. Um, so according to testimonies, she burned her victims with metal. She strangled one servant to death with a silk scarf. She beat her victim so brutally once that the walls were drenched in blood and they they had to use ash and cinder to soak it up. Um, oh my god. Allegedly, she used needles, knives, and even her own teeth to cut genitals. And she would strip young women of their clothes, soaked them in honey... And left them outside to be stung to death by bees and wasps. Um, it's getting it gets pretty good moving forward because the next one is that she baked a magical poisonous cake in order to kill her rival, Georgie Thurzo, the guy who's leading the investigation against her. He says that she baked a poisonous magical cake <laughs> <laughs> for him, and that it didn't work. Oh, yeah. Her Mm -hmm. magic wasn't good, but the intent was there. And he also said that that she cast magic spells to summon a cloud filled with 90 cats to torment her and her enemies. (laughs) I, I honestly, like, I can't. I don't even have anything to say, I think, at this point. It's just so absurd. Imagine having access to magical powers <laughs> and using them to summon a storm of cats. <laughs> Can we... I, How amazing is that? I, yes. Like, some of them are really awful 
accusations where you're like, I could see a really vile person doing those things, right? But then it just gets funny. But then you're like, oh, magical poisonous cake in a storm of cats. So really, like, she would literally make it rain, not cats and dogs, just cats. Cats, yes, exactly. Two, but the cats knew to torment her enemies. Right, of course, of course. They didn't torment anyone else. Yeah, I mean, my, of course, I should have been more uh, forthcoming with that. It was mainly Georgie Thurzo. Absolutely, that makes sense to yeah. me. Absolutely. And worst of all. Oh, boy. Worst of all. It was in her accusations. It was she was accused of having an ongoing affair with some guy that was known as Ironhead Steve. <laughs> Freaking Ironhead Steve, man! Iron- what a doofus! Ironhead Steve is in a punk rock band. Oh yeah. He lives in a van. He's not the man. He's Ironhead Steve. Early 17th century punk rocker, man. I just thought that was so random. Like, <laughs> yes. when I was looking at her act, I was like, right. Dude, because, you know, Ironhead as Steve. one does, um, have an affair with Ironhead Steve. Everyone has a phase, an Ironhead Steve phase, you know? <laughs> you were mine, and here we are. <laughs> <laughs> I was your Ironhead Steve? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Okay, that's good to hear. So... Yeah, those are her accusations. And Thurzo, her cousin slash beat traitor, uh, debated further proceedings with Bathroy's son, Paul, and her two sons-in-laws, Nikolai Zrinsky and Georgie Drogeth. Um, so these are her, her biological son, her two sons-in-laws. They all have some sort of political clout in yeah. their in their arena at this point, um, and her family still ruled Transylvania. They wanted to avoid the loss of Bathory's property, this big estate, um, which was at risk of being seized by the crown if right. she was found guilty of this big public scandal. So Thurzo, along with Paul and her two sons-in-law, originally planned for to make this kind of go away for Bathory to be sent to a nunnery, because that's what we do with women apparently. Right. But as accounts of her actions spread, and they spread very quickly, um, they d- it was, like, not safe to move her. People were so upset, and so they decided to keep her under strict house arrest. Um, her servants were then put on trial, the servants that were allegedly her accomplices. Yeah. In 1611, they were tortured until they confessed. Oh, right, because, you know, that gives you accurate and forthcoming uh, testimony yeah they were the the torture was pretty well cataloged um and then they did confess to sure we made storms with cats and poison cakes and things like that right right and sadly three of those women were then immediately executed jeez although never tried elizabeth bathroy was confined to her chambers and remained there until she died in 1614 at the age of 54 One day she just complained to one of her guards, who she got close with, I guess, that she had really cold hands all day. And her bodyguard was like, why don't you go take a nap? And she never woke up. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, isn't that strange? Yeah, both her and her husband. Mm Mm-hmm. After she died, rumors began to spread that she regularly bathed in the blood of virgins. And that that she was so crazy because, listen to this. Listen to this reason. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. 
that she, you know, bathed in the blood of virgins and murdered a ton of people because either A, this is the public's opinion, either A, she has syphilis, or B, she's going through menopause. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) Isn't that, isn't this the most just outrageously, like, sexist thing this whole sh- this whole charade to me i'm being very biased to let you guys know what it's, i think happened yeah. is just so painfully sexist they couldn't even think of a better freaking reason for her to be a mass murderer than i don't know maybe she was she got syphilis because she from ironhead steve <laughs> or she was going through menopause yeah ironhead steve got around so of course he had syphilis oh my god i just thought that was so insulting I'm not her, but I was very <laughs> insulted for her. Um, so she was buried in the church yard of her castle on November 25th, 1614. But according to some sources, due to the villagers' uproar over having the countess buried in their cemetery, her body was moved to her birth home at Exed, but the exact location of her body remains unknown. Wow. They didn't want people to exhume it or... Like Genghis Khan. Yeah, yeah. or do anything inappropriate to it. Um, so, let me get into what we now think is a potential conspiracy oh, against heck her. yes. Right? Yes. So, while there are plenty of documents uh, from the trials that just continuously support the vicious accusations, right? The whole even though she never went and stood trial there were trials going on and everything just reconfirmed the the original accusations Mm -hmm. modern scholars and historians have questioned these allegations of course and consider bathroy to be a victim of conspiracy due to being a woman with significant power and no living husband right so she was a very powerful woman as we talked about before um she was made more so powerful by her husband's holdings that she inherited after his death. And fun fact, King Matthias? Matthias. Matthias. The king of Hungary owed a large debt to her family. The king that was originally like, hey, Thurzo, why don't you investigate this? It sounds legit. He owed her family a large debt that her family agreed to cancel in exchange for permitting them, for permitting her relatives to manage her captivity. So he was like, I don't know what he had threatened them with. Obviously, the scandal alone could ruin them and they could lose these estates. But they were like, listen, you owe us a big debt. Just let us keep her under house arrest and the debt, consider the debt paid. And he was like, excellent, excellent. That's what I want all along. Isn't that insane? That is, that's like, I, I mean, even when you were telling this whole story, I'm like, oh, this is such like, like, I don't even know if there's like 1% of this that's true. I like, don't get why they would make it so ostentatious. Yeah. Like, maybe it's, maybe it's like the bolder the lie, the more believable it is to the masses. Yeah. Well, because the, the, uh, the I'm pretty sure people. that's like the law of power, one of the laws of power. Mm-hmm. And the everyday people did believe it. Obviously, they didn't even want her buried in the cemetery. Yeah, imagine like think of like how like how stupid the average person is, right? Mm-hmm. If you think about it, really, and then yeah. you think about like back then. Yeah, where people were intentionally kept from being educated, and right? 
their worlds were smaller. And I don't mean it in a mean way, but they were just literally ignorant like, yeah. of any any form of education. Yeah, and their world was the town that they grew up in, and that's right. pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I think it sounds like they were just really hoping that she would be found guilty in the court of public opinion, which right. she was for a very, very long time. She was known as like the blood countess, you know, the the vampire countess, Dracula countess, whatever. And it, right. it's very, it's actually fairly recent that those records were looked at more critically. And they're like, wait a second, you guys, this debt, he, the king owed this debt one day. Yeah. And then, and then they canceled it. The next day, once he was like, yeah, you can have her under house arrest. Dude, justice for Elizabeth. Justice Hashtag for Elizabeth. justice for Elizabeth. I agree. Um, yeah, so it was just kind of like politically motivated slander. And he, he, I think he, people were probably hoping to just appropriate the lands that she had inherited from her husband. Right. Um, the theory is consistent with Hungarian history at the time which included a lot of religious and political conflicts, especially relating to the wars with the Ottoman Empire, the spread of Protestantism. <laughs> As I mentioned, Elizabeth was from a prominent Protestant family. Right. And the extension of Habsburg power in Hungary, right? So mm. that was another layer to it was trying to minimize Protestant power in Hungary. Interesting. Okay. Remember her uncle was the king of Poland, Right. But the Habsburgs wanted to be the king of Poland. Habsburgs. <laughs> they wanted to be kings of the world. Um, again, King Matthias owed a large debt. I think that's... Which was canceled. I think that speaks for itself. Right. Overall, it is now more widely believed among historians. I do think mm -hmm. people still... When they do know about her, maybe the common person still believes the old tale. But that she was innocent of the sadistic and murderous crimes she was accused of. The worst they can think of, which, of course, this is bad. But the worst that they can think of that this stemmed from was that she was probably a very harsh mistress. Right. She was probably very hard, maybe even cruel to mm -hmm. her servants. Right. And that is kind of what's was the little thread of inspiration for the whole thing. Yeah, like maybe she did beat them or something. Yeah. Which is obviously bad. Terrible. But like it's it it's very different from murdering like dozens or hundreds of people. Yeah. But they think that's where it must have stemmed from. There's like tons of letters from Elizabeth that just, they give us insight into that she was a very harsh person. Right. Um, and again, she was a woman, so people would have liked that even less because there are plenty of harsh men in power that no one batted an eyelash at. Right. I mean, she was a child when she married a grown man, and no one cared about that. Um, yeah. Do, do, do. And I think this is just sadly one of those cases of a very powerful, independent woman. Whether or not she was a good person, I have no idea. Mm -hmm. But definitely she was targeted for her power. Wow. That is the story of Elizabeth Bathroy, the Blood Countess. Damn. <laughs> that was pretty good i that was a i you know that's one of those things where it's like we you know i feel like we like most of our stories were like oh this is like what happened right mm -hmm. like and there's there might be a little intrigue and it's up to you to kind of like like fill in the details but this is like very much so like is she innocent or did she kill like 600 people or and i think she... i definitely think she's innocent and she's like framed yeah honestly because i feel like if she had killed anyone i feel like they could have 
tried her with that. If Just they had, the one. Yeah, if they had evidence of it, right? So I don't. I feel like she probably didn't kill anybody. Or, you know, or something that I'm thinking of is if she did kill someone, it was like one time, and like if you know, if she was a stern woman, I could see her like all of a sudden just losing her temper and accidentally killing someone once and then they like hid the body but like again like that's like the worst i can think of right and but that was something that was known yeah and and then it snowballed into this massive lore right like for them it was like a modern day real life legend like oh wow imagine being like one of the peasant people in the village (laughs) yeah you're the countess the whose castle is down the street like she murders women for fun like oh grab your pitchfork yeah <laughs> absolutely that's pitchfork aesthetic right there pitchfork aesthetic <laughs> can we please make that into like a shirt or something yeah we'll make a pinterest board of it nice good <laughs> um but i really really recommend one of my sources i used solely three this time i just looked her up on britannica and wikipedia and then a really funny um Funny, funny article about her is rejectedprincesses.com. Oh, which that's I think, hilarious. Which I think I used actually as one of my first source, sources for the Kuriyun episode. Oh, yeah. Our very, our pilot episode. Yeah. Very first episode, yeah. It's a, it's a blog, I think, that is written in a really witty, fun, and informative way. Oh, nice. So I definitely recommend taking a look at that because she does a great job of pointing out so many of the absurdities in this, like, quote-unquote trial i know i was gonna say this was a straight-up kangaroo court yeah like it just sounded like i mean also the fact that they were they were uh, executing those poor women of course like and of course it's the state that is the one that ends up being like the mass murderer here and you know what's so sad about that is i'm sure they just wanted to make it look like they were serving some sort of justice but they just took the lives of the people that it was easiest to take the lives of. They There would, could have been like full-out war if they'd killed Elizabeth, right? She had a very right. powerful family. So unfortunately, these women paid the price in this big political scandal. So sad. It is. it is. It's Unfortunately, you just see this like time and time again like in, throughout history. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, but you know where I first heard about her, I should say. Oh, yeah. Is, oh, and I'll look it up um, and link it in the show notes yeah, so yeah. I don't take up too much time now. But I was listening to a podcast called Beautiful Writers. Oh, cool. It's this really cool podcast where it's just famous writers talking to each other about writing. <laughs> it's really good. I highly recommend it. And this one woman, she's done a ton of like really cool like thriller crime suspense novels and she has like a historical novel which is different from her typical writing on elizabeth bathroy she said she heard about her she just thought this was really interesting and as she was doing research again i'll link her name and everything in the show notes Mm -hmm. but as she was doing her own research she was coming to the conclusion that this was a false narrative this wasn't widely known at the time like i'm sure like highbrow historians had kind of figured it out but Mm -hmm. people were still talking about her like the vampire countess right right so she was like even more impassioned to write this book right this is what she's talking about on the podcast and she's like done writing the book she's done all this research she feels like she did a good job of of almost clearing this woman's name or, or depicting a more accurate picture of what happened when she's calls her mom, she's on the phone with her mom. She's telling her like, "Yeah, mom, I just finished writing that book." And the mom's like, "Oh yeah, what what book were you writing?" 
I'm writing a book on Elizabeth Bathroy. She was this Hungarian countess who's supposed to be like a mass murderer. Right. And the mom's like, yeah, honey, I know who that is. We're her descendants. What? Isn't that trippy? That's so weird. That's very strange. Is I got like chills when I heard her say it on the podcast. And I was like, who is this Elizabeth Bathroy? So then I started Googling her and thought she would make a great episode. But how interesting to think that one of the ways that she ended, ends up getting justice is through a descendant of hers writing a I whole know. book. Like hundreds of years later Without where it's not em- like you know that person. Yes. And it's not even like the author knew like, oh, this is my ancestor and I want to clear my ancestor's name. Right. Exactly. Isn't that nuts? That's so nuts. Well, I wanted to end it on that happy note. Okay, good, good. Snap, snap, snaps. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for that story. That I had, honestly, I swear, I had never heard of her before. Mm-hmm. That was completely brand new to me. Yeah. So that, and I feel like that doesn't happen super often. So thank you. Oh, I'm very glad. Yes. We yes. definitely have to go to Hungary one day to check out like my family history, but I also love all of this weird like vampire lore that they've got going on transylvania everything transylvania Mm -hmm. that's so crazy all right guys well that wraps it up here this week um if you guys want to uh get in contact with us you can reach us by email at historyforweirdos at gmail.com or on instagram uh ig handle is at historyforweirdos i think Mm -hmm. and then um yeah, that's it. Also, make sure to, to uh, subscribe and rate five stars on uh, on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> rate or whatever you think. Rate whatever is you fair. think is fair. That's fair. That's fair. And um, I think that's that's it for my spiel at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Share this with anyone that you think might be interested. Let us know if you have any episode ideas, and we will link everything that we mention in the show notes. And that's it, weirdos. That's it. Okay, guys. Until next time. Bye, weirdos. Adios. Yeah.